Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are on uh, End Times Friday uh, into December. And uh, yesterday we had uh, the couple uh, that were uh, at your house, actually, uh, that were Yes, fun. Anna and Reagan. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, that's really uh, exciting for them uh, to share, you know, what uh, as teenagers, uh, learn to abide, seek God's will. Actually, uh, Reagan made a comment about uh overcoming uh, the aspect of uh, uh, anxiety and fear. Anxiety, yeah. <laughs> so that's cute. Um, and then we're going to have Joshua and Aiden on and um, uh, going to, again, Joshua's head at this uh, university as well. Mm-hmm. So he's going through the same thing. It's interesting. Right. Uh, that we we, we need to have all the, you know, the up, the rising or the seniors rising college freshmen on at the same time. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I think <laughs> that we should. Be I think after they get their uh, schools, yeah. Then let's have them. Let's have them on. That would be great. Uh, and they can all they can all together. share how did it go and what what was the ultimate. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about you know in uh, discerning God's will, it's ask, seek, and knock. Right. Um, and they've they've asked for His will. Uh, seek due diligence, mm-hmm. information, God's truth, and then you get to a point where okay, this is this this could be it. Right. Um, right. And then you do you knock on it and you say okay, let's let's pursue it. Um, and each one of them have a preference mm-hmm. um, yet to be fully determined. And uh, they're in the waiting process of this. Uh, I think Reagan's already been accepted to hers. She's been accepted to her top choice. She yep. just um, just actually received a letter for another application that she get with the scholarship with that. And Anna received one at the same time that was um, to, to Gordon. Give, so they both just got their acceptance to that and they both got the highest scholarship there. So that was oh, impressive. Yeah, they're sharp kiddos. Right. Um, well, <laughs> so, you know, one more known. Is so as a, uh, as a parent, as a parent, when if they get the, if they get a full scholarship, you say, of course, of course that's got, got to be God's right. will. No, not a full scholarship, the top scholarship. Top but, scholarship. But, well, it's got to be God's will. It's good. <laughs> I hear I hear that a lot um, as I'm uh, particularly with because uh, I work a lot with executives who are, mm-hmm. um, you know, they wind up changing jobs, looking for a new position. Right. And uh, it's interesting when it comes down to the money part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's got to be God's will. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Just a second. You know, that, exactly. It's, he doesn't operate just by the financial piece. Of right. It, so. Well, and in fact, I mean, how many times do you see in the Bible when he says you can't serve God and money? That's right. You know, so so I think sometimes that's the indicator. We have to be the most careful of putting too much weight in because well, yeah, and that he knows competes for our hearts. And even that uh, statement, because a lot of people take that almost to an extreme. Well, then, if you if you serve God, you shouldn't have any money. Right. Um, right. Yeah. People go the other way. With yeah. That. No, that's not what it says. Um, uh, it's serving is who, who do you put as your priority? 
Right. Um, so that money and and what are you surrendering to? And, and surrendering financial decisions yeah. don't dictate mm-hmm. an answer, but rather, Father, what would you have to say about this? Exactly. And as part of the covenant life, and by the way, covenant life is universal for everybody around the world who's a believer. Um, is I want to bless you to make you a blessing, and of course, mm-hmm. the definition is different. Uh, right. For you know, we Americans, we have a certain level of, of uh, income. We're, we're uh, we Americans are literally in the one top one one to two percent of the world, in ec- economically. You know, so yeah, uh, we're already we're already at that place. Uh, but other people get blessed in a different way. So uh, it it is kind of funny. But as we talk about uh, you know this discussion of the end, um, uh, since we've been on the air, uh, a new what they call a new variant uh, of the uh, COVID. Uh, coronavirus, uh, it's called Omicron, mm-hmm. um, and they've discovered. We're going to run out of Greek letters soon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to go to Latin. You know, uh, uh, when I was in school, I, I uh, my dad was a surgeon. Yeah. And he wanted me to become a doctor, so he made me take Latin in, in high right. school. So right. I was, I well, was that's a, what all the medical terms come from, right? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, so I knew I knew Latin really really well, uh, but uh, so. This Omicron uh, has come out, and uh, it's interesting, and, and, and again, we're talking about this in terms of the signs of the end. Uh, mm-hmm. So the truth of it is, is that uh, it's a mutation of coronavirus. Uh, coronavirus, remember, is the basis and the essence of flu bug. Right. Uh, and it's been here. It's been here for decades and, and decades colds, and decades. And colds. Uh, colds is a variation. Um, yeah. And uh, and again, uh, just to remind everybody, you can uh, go to your Clorox bottle, mm-hmm. and uh, for 25 years, it says kills coronavirus. Right. Uh, which is it's interesting. So remember, remember, coronavirus is not a new. It's not a new virus. It's it's uh, 19 right. was. Said to be a variation that variation, is extremely... and it was said, and and there's some discussion of what you know was that uh, through the uh, actually funding at Wuhan and actually funding by the American government is uh, is can called uh, enhancing uh, the bugs, um, and did they actually take something and, mut- and mutate it themselves, and it was called gain of, of uh, uh, ability, right. and and made it more severe. So that's possible, but. Uh, uh, so it's mutated, uh, and there's a lot of fear around it to where literally they shut down travel. Uh, whole, whole countries are, you know, Australia, Austria, which surprises me because uh, my wife is German, and we've been living and we've gone to Austria a lot, um, and they're fairly independent people. Uh, they literally have shut down to the point of if you don't have the vaccine, um, you can't do anything. You can't leave right. your house. You can't leave I your believe house. Italy, as of December 6th, um, in response to the Omicron, as of December 6th, they, which we're taping early, so that is will be in place by the time this airs, yeah. um, you are not going to be able to do anything indoors without the the green card, the green passport, yes. which is a vaccine um, or proof that you were infected in the last six months or something right. like that. They're right installing that December 6th. Um, and so there is like, they've been holding, some people have been holding COVID parties yeah. to try to be <laughs> yeah. able to get the green passport before that happened. But it's uh, at the moment, the science uh, result is that it's 
actually a milder form. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have the severe uh, uh, implications that even COVID-19. And by the way, this is what typically happens every year. And, and I don't know, again, just to frame everything up, uh, I think you've heard about every year called the flu shot, right? Right, right. Um, well, what they do is that they take, they take the current coronavirus, uh, they predict the mutation of the different strains, and they make a cocktail. They have because they have to remember they have to manufacture this in the spring before it comes out, right? So that by the time they get it out, it's going to you know, and flu season starts you know September October. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to have the, the cocktail ready, so they predict right. it. They they predict right. what they and think. And some is years happen. very effectively, and some years not. Right, because yeah. they don't guess guess right. But why? Because every year it mutates, mm -hmm. um, and. The symptoms happen. Uh, it's very, it's highly contagious, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always been contagious. So to say that Corona-19 is more contagious or Omicron is more contagious, not really, because it's airborne. Uh, so it's always been that way. Uh, and, and, and you know, a lot of people, you know, can be on airplanes and, uh, you know, and they know, and eh, I got the flu from being on the airplane or I got right, the flu right. from being around public. Uh, uh, but it's not severe. So the implication of it, as we look at the end, is uh, why the fear? Mm -hmm. Why is there an over until we know, and we don't know yet. And it could maybe maybe it's true. Maybe it's going to turn to be something uh, serious. But um, right now we don't know that. Right. And so when you don't know that, why are then the authorities pushing it as a fear? And you better you better everybody better get vaccinated. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> uh, they're saying this, uh, the vaccine manufacturers just, just came out the last couple of days. Right. Uh, oh, by the way, a booster may not have any impact on the new strain. Right. Yeah. In fact, they're saying it's going to be six to eight weeks and then they should have a booster that would be targeting Omicron yeah, potentially. But they don't know. And, yeah. the, and then the guy said, I don't think it'll be that, that effective. So it's really interesting to me uh, that... You know, is it is it moving? Remember the the end, which is members absolute. There's going to be one world government, right? And it's forcing people to conform to the rules of that one world government. Is right. this part of the process? And again, it could be purely spiritual, because uh, remember mm. we're we're dealing with uh, Fitzgerald powers. Is Satan behind all this really working it to get mm. people used to being controlled? Um, interesting. And yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. So that's the latest. Um, it just it just raises up the thought. And I was my wife and I were just talking about this, Linda, uh, the other day uh, was, you know, think about how life has changed. Um, we were just we were reminiscing. We, we just had we had Thanksgiving time with our kids and family and we were reminiscing. Who would have thought two years ago? that we who, who've been living in our whole life with a certain cultural uh, element to it, uh, particularly freedom, to be now in a position where there's rules that right. you got to wear a mask and you need to be vaccinated or tested and, or, and you can't go into public spaces. And um, it's just, it just, it just hit us like, right. well, this is, this is different. And is this different a sign of what is yet to come? Is it is it headed in a right. fast, faster pace? You know, so mm -hmm. it's, it's really interesting that we can all relate to that. Um, 
Uh, and as we've talked about the timeline again, and this will this will bear up a question that you actually have about the church age, is that yeah. uh, Daniel, um, which we started our whole series, uh, gave a seventy week time frame. Right. Um, and sixty nine were through Christ, and there's one week left. Uh, and the one week is called the tribulation, uh, seven years. Uh, and it's really clear that it is seven years. Uh, and in mid-trib, we talked about the, uh, the Antichrist stepping up and, and the abomination of desolation. Uh, the one world government is initiated uh, at the beginning of the tribulation. Three and a half years of actually fairly uh, beautiful uh, economic gain. For the world, except for the the remnant who's going to not not participate, right? Because uh, they see it as spiritual, but the world is going to be very blessed, so to speak, um, and that's why they get so enamored with the antichrist. And when he says, "I'm God," in the middle of it, uh, that initiates which we we started talking about God's wrath, right? Um, and um, uh, the last three and a half years are really awful. And the funny thing is that you can read this in in Revelation. Um, I mean, it's really bad. I mean, like people, people still don't turn. Pe people they, are dying. Uh, yeah. People, the, the whole, everything is ruined. Um, and even the angels come mm -hmm. and announce to the world. I mean, think about that in the sky. Mm -hmm. uh, they announce repent. And interesting enough, not a single person does. Uh, and it says no one does. And the reason is that they, they are so caught up in the Antichrist system that they've been convinced that the, that the Antichrist, who looked like he was really good, could restore this again. And this, this Israel stuff and Israel's God, they're the problem. And we got to get, get rid of them. Uh, so the question is, uh, the church age, what is the church age? Yeah. So this was my question, actually, because you yeah. know, the other day you said something about we were living in that in-between period between yeah. the 69th and the 70th week. And that's known as the church age. Church age and yeah. you just kept going. And I was like, you know what? That's something I have not really I, I could not. If someone asked me, I couldn't fully define what that is. And so I'd love to hear you blow that out a little bit um, for anybody else who hasn't really been taught what that is. Yeah. So. Um, and um, uh, it's really uh, it's really cool. Uh, we know that uh, Christ, uh, you know, rose again from the dead mm -hmm. on a Sunday. Um, and remember, their Sabbaths used to be uh, Saturday. Saturday night, right? Uh, actually, Friday night, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That was Sabbath. Um, okay. Jesus died on Friday night. Mm -hmm. um, he was, he ro it was rose again on Sunday. Uh, and we call that day Easter. Uh, okay. Uh, now, <laughs> uh, this is really cool. Um, do you remember how long Christ actually was here on earth after the resurrection? Uh, 40 days? Right? 40 days. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a member now, but he's in his resurrected body. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, he appears through walls. Right. He can immediately transport from Galilee to Jerusalem in a nanosecond. Right. Uh, and he was physical because he said, here, touch my, touch my uh, nail holes. Uh, yeah, different than the physical that we know now. Yeah. Different. And he, he ate. 
so he was physical. He ate, and he was here for 40 days. And um, and I, I'm not sure a lot of people uh, know this or understand it, but <laughs> uh, during that 40 days, uh, the a lot of the dead people rose up. They got they got raised, mm-hmm. and they're walking around Jerusalem and uh, and Galilee. Uh, really? Yeah, they were. They were. Uh, so the dead people uh, came back to life, uh, and they're in their resurrected bodies, mm-hmm. uh, and they're walking around. Um, and, and that's why everything is is remarkable. Uh, what's happening? Because here we got Jesus here, physically, and he's talking to people, being with people, and he's being with groups. Uh, other dead people have been raised up, and they're walking around uh, talking about it. And uh, for forty days. Uh, he's basically uh, getting the church ready so that if you look at, uh, and I'll I'll read this, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 5. He says, um, uh, Jesus says, uh, you have uh, heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, uh, which he's talking about Pentecost. Right. Okay. Now, by the way, Pentecost is exactly 40 days after the resurrection. So that's oh, why interesting. That's, okay. that's why Easter mm-hmm. and then Pentecost is 40 days after, always 40 days after Easter. Okay. All right. Um, they'd come together, the disciples, they ask him, Hey Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> so they're still looking for that same thing. <laughs> they thought, they still thought, um, uh, because a lot of the Old Testament, he talks about uh, what what the Messiah is ultimately going to do. And, right. and uh, it's actually pretty clear that there's the birth of Christ, the death of mm-hmm. Christ, and then there's the return of Christ. Right. And when the return of Christ, that's when he establishes his kingdom on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the disciples were part of the tradition. Well, the Messiah there is really at the at what they consider to be at the end. Right. Um, isn't that now that you're going to establish your rule on earth? Yeah. And they said. And they're really it? looking for it to be political yeah. and economic. Yeah. Are you? Is this it? Is this it? Mm-hmm. And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which your father has put in his own authority. Mm-hmm. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said that uh, uh, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, uh, and when you do, you'll be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. In essence, start the church. Right. You're going you're to start the church now, and he, he's talked about, uh, and he did this in, in John, uh, the, the Gospel of John talks about this. Uh, I'm going to put myself in you through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and my work will come through you, right? And you are to establish the church uh, and gather together. Uh, and he said, you'll you'll do that with power and to be my witnesses. Uh, so on Pentecost, uh, they're together. By the way. Um, uh, we can actually read that in uh, Acts chapter two, uh, just to just to start the process. But when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
And now this is 40 days later, and Jesus has now ascended. Okay. Okay, so he's ascended, and, and by ascended, it means that he's no longer operating um, in that 40-day uh, period where he was resurrected. Right. And he's still physically on earth that could be touched and seen and experienced. He, would, he ascended, and he, he was taken up. Mm -hmm. Now he's with the father sitting at his right hand. So he no longer was right. functioning like that. During, he was during okay. the 40 days, but not any longer. Um, and they said they were all with one accord in one place. Mm. Um, and they're in unity, knowing, wait for the Holy Spirit, wait for the Holy Spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They appeared to be have them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, uh, and then because of, of the, the feast, uh, what happens in the feast is all these um, uh, basically Jews come from Galilee and all over different places um, uh, mm -hmm. from a distance. Uh, and by the way, they speak different languages. Different dialects, right? Different dialects, different languages. So it'd be like... You'd have French, German, uh, Spanish, uh, mm -hmm. Swiss. They would all be in the same place. Right. Uh, so when he was speaking in tongues in this, he's really speaking in his language, which would, would have been mm -hmm. uh, uh, Hebrew. Uh, they heard it in their language. That's so cool. Um, and so the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon him. Peter stands up mm -hmm. and he preaches Christ death and resurrection and said, um, I call you to be saved and come and, re and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that day, 3,000 were. That was the initiation. The day of Pentecost right. was the initiation of the church. Okay. So the and church thus entering the church age. That's now that started and, and originated the church age, uh, where, uh, what did they do? Well, they started gathering in small groups and they kept being added to, added to, added to. And it was the concept of multiplication, right. uh, that live out the life of God because of what you're living out. People are going to be in awe of what God is up to. And because of it, they're going to want to say, can I, can I experience this? Yes, you can. And so the church just grew and grew and grew. So think about we're believers 2,000 years later right? Uh, with all the people around us as part of the church, right? all because of what happened on Pentecost. Uh, That's beautiful, right? And, and it was initiated, and, and Christ lives through us uh, to uh, join his work, which is, mm -hmm. what did he say? You're going to expand my kingdom. You're going to, right. you're going to, it's a spiritual kingdom uh, and live it out. So the church age started on Pentecost. Okay. Okay. When does it end? It ends at the return of Christ. Okay. So uh, halfway through. Oh, no, no. No, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be at the end. Uh, will okay. be, uh, the, the church age. And, and the question uh, is, uh, this, by the way, is a is a uh, one of the motivations 
and the explanations of the rapture being pre-trip. Okay. Uh, because uh, it, it appears that there isn't there isn't much church activity going on during any of the tribulation. Okay. Um, and so the, that's why some believe that that the church will have been raptured already. Church will point. have been gone, and that's the end. Of, they think the end of the church age perhaps is uh, uh, at the at the start uh, beginning of the, of the tribulation. Okay. There's a lot of evidence that we're persecuted. So mm -hmm. that means we're still here, and and maybe it's mid-trib or post-trib, uh, okay. but uh, but because, the church age ends at the rapture. Well, it ends. No, you would say it ends at the beginning of the tribulation, um, okay. and the reason is is that the time between the sixty-nine, mm -hmm. which is Christ's death and resurrection, right, and the tribulation is that is that is that unknown period. Mm -hmm. It's not defined. How long is that? Right. That's what's called the church age. And the and the beginning of the tribulation is, okay, we've just kicked into the seventh week. Mm, okay. Um, and it's no longer called the church age. It's called the tribulation. Okay. So it's at the beginning of the tribulation. Uh, and, and that's why, by the way, and we'll, we'll talk about this. Um, a lot of people are talking about, uh, well, when the tribulation starts, won't that be a great time for evangelism? Interesting enough, not really. Uh, the believers um, who are uh, called to be the remnant at that point, which I, which I think it's very possible we're still here. We're not raptured. Right. Um, we, we shift from worrying about evangelism. Uh, and, of course, we, we are going to bear witness no matter what. I mean, so that's, that's not an issue. Right. Uh, it's not that we purposely stop it. It's that the focus shifts to protection because hmm. we're going to get persecuted. And by definition, we're not going to take the mark of the beast and take right. it, taking the mark of the beast. If we don't take the mark of the beast, it then prevents us from joining the economic system. So we have to have a whole different approach to what we do. And we'll talk, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, so that the church age starts, started at Pentecost and ends at the beginning of the tribulation. And we're in that period right now by okay. definition, because it's after Pentecost. Right. And we haven't started tribulation yet. So, okay. So, so we're part of the church age. So that's that's the explanation. Ah, thank you for yeah. explaining that. Yeah, I had yeah. never actually heard that fully explained. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and of course, the church is, is going back to, still at the moment, uh, what Jesus said in Acts, uh, chapter 1. You shall be my witnesses right. throughout the entire world. Um, and, and by the way, how do we bear witness? By his life living through us. That's, that's why we right. are so strong on abiding. We're so strong on community. Uh, is It's not about attending church. We are the church. We are the church. And how do we And it's know? interesting. I think even when you look at how um, I've, I've been reading a lot lately on how Jesus really speaks about his church, yeah. the love, the, the absolute adoring adoration of his church. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes how we treat it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we need to really be cautious about that. Um, and, and be cognizant of he, you know, he calls his church, his bride yes. and loves it that intensely. And we should also be developing that kind of love for his church. Yeah. And think about the, uh, the beauty of that is, um, when we become a believer, mm-hmm. um, and now these were all the people starting from Pentecost, Mm-hmm. What happened to them? They received the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, okay. What does that mean? Christ in me, mm-hmm. the hope of glory is now living within me. That's why I am the church. Now, the question is, uh, he says to his church, each of us, are you willing to follow me? Because I want to live my life out through you. And demonstrate the power and the life of the Holy Spirit that attracts people to me because they see me in you. Not not you talk about me right? or you preach about me, but rather it's demonstrated, be my witnesses. You're demonstrating the life, the supernatural life, the, the wonderful things that only God can do that attract, attract people to God himself. And that's why he talks about it so affectionately is, is you're my bride and I want to live my life out through you. And we're, we're right. to be in union like a husband and a wife, which, by the way, he describes that in um, Ephesians, that uh, a husband and wife marriage is, is representing Christ in the church. Right. You live your life together. You're, you're joyful together. You experience life together. And he said the only, only, way, only way that can happen is you got to be with me right. in my kingdom and you got to surrender your will to mine. And then I'm going to give back to you the abundant life mm-hmm. um, and demonstrate that the, the life of the church, which is the purpose of it. Which, that's why we, you and right. I are so committed to this is that mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, if we wish that everybody that we know uh, and might ever know uh, or listen to this could receive what a fantastic life is available to us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and Christ loves giving it away. And we are that we are to be that church uh, mm-hmm. to be excited about it. Uh, well, uh, as we've talked about this, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, uh, I think we're in chapter nine, aren't we, of Revelation? We are, yes. And we've talked about the uh, trumpet, mm-hmm. uh, which is the judgment of Christ. Uh, we talked about, um, uh, you know, the first, uh, I believe we are the four. Are we four or uh, or five? Which, uh, which we're one are up we to. We are up to number six, verse thirteen. Oh, up to number six. Great. Uh, so now we're in number six, and uh, and go ahead and read that, uh, and let me see if I think I have it. Have it up. Want me to go ahead and read thirteen to twenty-one? Yeah. Let me. Uh, I actually have that somewhere here. Excellent. Yeah. How about that? I've got that. Uh, we're in uh, 19, is it 21, uh, 13 to 21? Uh, Revelation 9, 13, 13 to 21. 21. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Got it? Read that. Yep. All right. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. 
They wore breastplates of the, co the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. <laughs> wow. Well, that's pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> right? Uh, so, um, uh, and again, uh, God's, this is God's wrath. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's coming against the people, uh, which, by the way, are his creation. Uh, and the reason is that they're worshiping the Antichrist mm -hmm. um, and they're not following him. Uh, and it says, um, as he announced the sixth one, um, he releases the four angels uh, that basically, again, are representing uh all over the earth, the different possibilities and the, and the strengths of these angels. And when they uh, uh, release them, how many people die? A third. Well, think about that. Uh, we're already at 8 billion, 8 to 9 billion, let's say 9 billion. Okay, so a third of the people, that's, a, that's 3 billion people. Wow. Uh, that die. Mm -hmm. uh, think about that, uh, the severity of that. Uh, and the the awfulness of that. By the way, because of our technology, we'll be able to uh, people on Earth will be able to observe that. So they'll get they'll get real visualization of that right. of that of happening. What that looks like, um, yeah. And uh, so God is is in that in essence ratcheting up the implication of the judgment uh, against mankind, and a third of them die. And and the interesting comment. Uh, is it says, and the rest of them did what? They did. They still didn't repent. They didn't repent. Yeah. Uh, they continued to worship the Antichrist. Uh, they they worshipped, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, idols, uh, demons. Uh, so they're they're into all that, and not. And you would think there'd be some people that would say, "Well, this isn't good. This isn't working." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Maybe we should reconsider. Um, mm -hmm. And generally speaking, um, whenever there was a judgment in the past, particularly like, for example, uh, against Israel with Jeremiah's time, mm -hmm. uh, there was a whole group of people that repented. Right. Uh, they said, well, this is awful and we, we want to repent. We want, we'd like to get back to what, what God is like and see, you can tell how far the world gets. That they don't even consider that there is no repentance. Right. That yeah, that there's no repentance or a desire to repent or to change, and say maybe we're not getting this right. Uh, they're so sold out on the propaganda of the Antichrist that if we could just get rid of Israel, then we could we could have everything back to the way that hey you experienced it during the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. Uh, okay, so jump over to uh, Revelation uh, 
uh, 11. Yeah, before we move on to that, I just want to point out, because um, my ladies group was talking about this verse this morning. Yeah, um, I believe it's um, Rome. It's, I think it's Romans 12, um, 2 that talks, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing Romans, of your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do yeah. not be conformed um, to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and yeah. prove out what is the acceptable, perfect will of God. Yeah. So it's interesting, just even as you described there, you know, the the lack of repentance and um, and you were saying they were so sold out to the culture of the Antichrist, that verse runs completely in the face of that. Um if we were continually being transformed by God's word, we would recognize that the culture of the Antichrist is not good, <laughs> you know? And so that, I, I just think about that verse in that. I think, you know, we were talking this morning about just how intentional you have to be. The default position is that we would conform to the culture of the world, at which, you know, by, by progression would also be the culture of the Antichrist. That's right. the default. Right. If we're not intentional with transforming our mind and turning and fixing our eyes on Jesus, but that requires a turn from what tries to vie for our attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and our think, loyalty and everything else. Yeah. And think about what that requires. Um, yeah. Uh, requires uh, discernment mm -hmm. uh, and spiritual life. If um, uh, we can go to Acts uh, chapter five, uh, this is where, uh, Peter and the uh, apostles are uh, arrested by the uh, 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 Sadducees and Pharisees and the high priests, and they're and they're being told, um, uh, you know, uh, this is in Acts chapter five, verse twenty-eight. They've been arrested. This, by the way, a second time. Uh, okay. they, they were arrested, and the angel came and let them out. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough, the, the the angel. This is a cool statement, by the way, um, which which you and I are talked about. Uh, the angel, this is verse 19 of chapter 5, at night the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple. Now think about this. Go right back in mm -hmm. and speak to the people all the words of this life. Mm. All the words of this abundant life. This supernatural life. Right. You keep speaking that, showing that, demonstrating that of what I see, what I speak and live it out and just give it away. Right. And all the all the words of the life that I've been showing you, which is, by the way, prior to this, the reason they got arrested is because they were healing everybody. Right. Supernatural stuff. And they said, we got to right. put, put a stop to this, which to me is always kind of funny. You know, why, why would they ever do that? So uh, they get arrested again. We got to stop mm -hmm. this. So they say, you know, you got to uh, do it. Uh, verse 28 in chapter 5. Did we not strictly command you not to teach in his in this name of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And look, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. And Peter says, and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Period. Right. We know the difference. Uh, That's and a mic drop moment, by the way. It's a mic drop moment. And think about <laughs> think about the profound truth of that. Um, if you're obeying God, what, what therefore must be happening? You must be listening to him. You got to be hearing, hearing, his, hearing his voice. Yeah. Uh, cause he's absolutely, he's not, see, he's not talking theology. He's not saying, well, mm -hmm. 
we're trying to be the best theologians we can be. They right. said, no, we're, we obey God's instructions, mm-hmm. which we hear. And God's instructions are to put us in a place where we can experience the supernatural and give it away. The life, the abundant life. Uh, okay, now, uh, Peter knows something about this. Uh, this is interesting. Go to Matthew 16. Uh, uh, Peter um, uh, had, had been, uh, who do you say that I am? Uh, uh, and uh, Peter said, you're this Messiah, the son of the living God. He said, it's been revealed to you by my father. You know, how wonderful. I'm going to build my church on this ability to hear God's voice and to understand truth um, upon this rock, upon Peter. Um, and by the way, not him as a uh, individual leader, but rather as a the bearer of faith. Uh, in verse 21, this is Matthew 16. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things that the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Uh, so he just went from t- in 20 minutes from be- being a holy man of God to Satan. Right. Uh, okay, why? Well, because Jesus he said it. He wasn't mindful of, of what God was saying. He wasn't checking in to speak and to listen and ask him what it was that he had to say about this moment. He was going to self and and his own ideas. And and this is really critical because, um, see, it's not, he said, get behind me, Satan. The way we would look at that is, well, I'm not dark, awful, uh, black, demonic. I'm not that. So uh, that can't be me. He said, well, you are, it is you when you're not mindful of the things of God. And with Peter, what what just happened? If we said to Peter, uh, is what you're saying, do you think it's a good idea? He said, absolutely. Look at what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna save him. I'm gonna protect him. Look at, isn't that a good holy thing to do? And Jesus but said- it's his own idea, it wasn't what God told it's, him. It's your idea, not what I have in mind. And you forgot something mm-hmm. to get discernment from me and ask me what I had to say about this. Um, and by the way, it's okay that you might struggle with this, mm-hmm. but you didn't come to me. Right. You decided. And, that, and what you just described is what happens in the end, is that um, people drift into the world system to such a level that th- what they think is good and what they think is right and what they think is the way to go has no discernment to it right. at all. Right. They have completely conformed to what the culture says conformed, rather than what God they says. Have not, they have not been renewed in, uh, in, in right. proving out the, the, willing, uh, the will of God. They've decided on their own. Um, and that's why, and it seems, uh, you know, there's a word called anathema. It's, it's completely doesn't make any sense. How could, how could believers drift away and conform to the world. Well, it's it's actually pretty easy by not abiding. Right. And and it truly our, is the default position that yeah. we would, you know, if we're not actively, intentionally pursuing God 
and his word and listening to him and speaking with him, then we will naturally hear all the other voices around us because there's no shortage of them. Right. right. You know? Yeah. And the, uh, the voice of the church, we talked about the church, the voice of the church, see, gets weaker and weaker and weaker mm. uh, because they stop teaching truth and they start, they themselves start conforming to the world as isn't this, you know, a good idea. Like, for example, right now, uh, even amongst Christian churches, there's a concept called universalism. And that is, well, if God really loved us, he couldn't, he, he can't be that strict to have only people that accept Christ as our Lord and Savior go to heaven. Right. So there's got to be lots of ways to get to heaven because isn't God love? Um, well, that's contrary to the word of God. Um, uh, but I start teaching it because I've conformed to the world and the church gets weaker and weaker and weaker to such a level. And that's why, uh, in a sense, it says the end of the church age, which we talked about as a tribulation, is there's no more focus at the time of the tribulation about winning people to Christ uh, because everybody has conformed so strongly to the world that they don't have a heart to. Um, right. And the ones that are left, if we're left, and this is something we got to pursue even further, if we are here, well, what does he want us to do? Um, I, be I believe it's, it's to stay in our communities and, and stay strong uh, through that uh, to make it through uh, to, so that we can actually still live and, and receive God's life, uh, which I believe. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, it's, it's really going to be interesting, you know, to see how that plays out. But we've just seen uh, that um, a third of the world of the earth is killed. Right. And nobody repents. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? I mean, isn't that shocking to you? It really is. It really is. Yeah. So uh, as we will continue this uh, next week, uh, when we get further, because it's going to come now to uh, uh, what's called the literally the very end. Uh, it's, yeah. Can uh, I just comment yeah. real quick before you go there? Because yeah. I was just thinking about what you're describing in contrast, actually, to what we've seen um, with COVID over the last year and a half, coming up on two years or whatever. Yeah. Um, personally, in our church, the doors have flung open wide. The number of people amidst this um, chaos that are seeking God yes. and repenting and turning to him is significant. Yes. And we are, we are seeing a significant harvest and a, a significant repentance um, from, from believers coming back and from non-believers coming to Christ for the first time yeah. um, as a result of this. And so what a stark contrast that this scripture actually sets up that even amidst something, you know, as trying, you think about what we've gone through in the last couple of years yeah. and how that has driven people to God, it's going to be that much worse and it doesn't drive them to God. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> you know, yeah. And I believe, I believe right now, because that's why we're uh, so committed to, you know, the simplicity of come and see finding yeah. truth in a world of chaos is that uh, the world is so chaotic that people are saying, well, what, what, what should we understand? How do we maneuver this? And we're saying, well, we have the answer. Uh, yes. And there's no system to it. It's the relationship. Yes. Uh, God has answers. Uh, and he wants to give you this life. And that's why we need to learn to abide and discern his will and walk And the with time him. is now. And the time <laughs> is, is really now. And we and we are seeing, we're seeing the revival, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, revival, uh, we got to be careful that we don't look at it as, 
how many people is it? Revival is just a movement of, uh, I really want to follow God. And um, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, not certain about life anymore. And revival is, well, then let, let's go seek God together. And that's right. hap- that is happening. That is absolutely yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. He's well, readying his bride. <laughs> we, will pick it, we will pick it up uh, next week. And we'll get, we're going to get into, as we announce the end, and get into what's called the bold judgments, uh, which okay. is the seventh trumpet, and then the issuance of these final judgments that come and then usher in usher in Christ. So we'll, we'll talk about that next week, and uh, we'll pick it up. And uh, look forward to seeing you next week. And we'll talk again Monday on uh, uh, overcoming uh, worry, fear, and anxiety and picking that up. And uh, we'll look, look for you next next week. Excellent. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, We appreciate you joining us and sharing the podcast with others. We are getting a growing audience and it is a beautiful thing to be enlightened in all of this and just to learn what God's word really has to say in this time and to have an anchor. So thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend, everyone. See See you Monday. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.